Welcome, once again, to the podcast that continues to power forward through all kinds of climate and natural disasters. Global pandemics, gas shortages, a disastrous Joe Biden presidency. Nothing will stop the series finale (laughs) podcast. This is the only podcast where three comedians watch and discuss the final episode of a television show they've never even seen. I'm John Paul. I'm Zach. And I'm Jack. And not only do we power forward through tragedies constantly, we also power bottom on weekends just for fun. <laughs> That's true. And if you if you want more of that, like we want more dick on the weekends, then you should check out our Patreon sister podcast at patreon.com slash series finale. A bonus episode every single week. So check that out. Uh, get on board. You're going to get even more series finale in your ear holes. This week on series finale, we're tackling the topic of lies in a Fox broadcast semi-crime procedural lie to me starring former movie star Tim Roth. And future movie star, guest starring Michael B. Jordan. That's right. I was. Yes. This was a big shock. I actually... I actually, when I saw Key played by Michael B. Jordan, I went to look it up on IMDb because I did not want to point out that it was Michael B. Jordan and then have it be an Oprah, uh, Queen Latifah racist moment where it wasn't actually him and I was just am a racist idiot. I was deeply nervous pointing it out, but I was 99% sure I didn't fact check, but I knew it was him. <laughs> I also knew it was, but it's pretty wild. This is a, a, a very early TV appearance by Michael B. Jordan well, before he became the star of such hit movies as Fantastic Four and Creed. Um, Creed. That's right. Those but, are the two biggest movies he's done. And Just Mercy. Black Panther. Wasn't he in Black Panther? I never saw it. Uh, I yes, never saw it either. He is, yes, he is in Black Panther. Or, or he better be or I'm fucking done for. <laughs> He's definitely in Black Panther. Yes, I believe he plays Killmonger, the villain. Or some would say, the true hero of the story. Interesting. Why would people say that? Um, he's, because he's, uh, I, his character, I don't really remember the movie that well. His character is like, <laughs> maybe like, I think his character is, uh, is, is more akin to uh, maybe a Malcolm X than a, than a, than a Martin Luther King, maybe. I don't remember. Jump ball, can I give a really lopsided um, BSB of this show? It's, oh, it's of the around... final episode of Lie to Me? Yeah, of Lie to Me. A little BSB yeah. of Tim Roth's performance here. This show okay. is about a um, kind of sassy and rude immigrant who comes to the United States <laughs> to become a police officer, break police conduct rules, uh, pro- like conduct illegal investigations, meanwhile having a sexist relationship with his daughter where he obsesses over her virginity and hates her boyfriends. 
Oh, wow. That is a pretty good BSB. I'm going to give a little context to the show in its placement in the of sort of the TV landscape when it came out in the early 2000s. In the early 2000s, this kind of show was big. I like to think of them as a super competency show, a show based around one character who is super competent that constantly makes everyone else look dumb as hell. Shows that I think that are like this would be like The Mentalist or or House, where like you have House, one yeah. character who's like a brilliant super guy and then everyone else is just there to be dumb so we can see how brilliant the main character is. Another show like this would yes. be The Apprentice and also any speech Donald Trump, <laughs> a.k.a. the genius, ever gave. <laughs> That's true. Rosie is only there to make Donald Trump look better. <laughs> what about Monk? Um, I don't know if I would classify Monk in. Although Monk, I guess, was really smart. But I feel like his neuroses kind of disqualify him from the super competent, like, the super competent right. label. Because, like, The Mentalist and House, not only were they brilliant, but they were also, like, super sexually attractive. And Tony Shalhoub doesn't do it for me. That sounds like Dwight in The Office. You think so? Yeah, he sounds like he fits your description, John Paul. Super really? sexually attractive, competent... <laughs> Able to take care of things where the rest of the office kind of fails. In uh, Tim Roth, I knew only before this from the big silver screen. And I know Zach is someone who loves to keep that divide between TV and movies like big time. He wants to put that, he wants to build Trump's wall between television and film. Uh, so it was a little bit, I was a little bit surprised to keep Mexicans out of television. It makes sense. It does. It really does make sense. <laughs> Especially when you talk about your hatred of Luis Guzman. I'm sure you support it. I like Luis Guzman. I think he's killing it in Narcos. <clears throat> yeah. Well, we'll, well, we'll get into it <laughs> on the Patreon. Go check it out. Um, but Tim Roth, I mean, when you think about Tim Roth, there's only one thing you think about usually. And that's, uh, she had a baby, man. She had a fucking baby. I'm fucking dying. I'm fucking dying. I'm fucking dying. You are not dying. You are not dying. Say the fucking Say words. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's a truly great scene. It is. I think it is good. I have to go back and watch it. Maybe it's a little bit over the top. Zach, have you seen Reservoir Dogs? I have. I don't remember that scene, though. Maybe it was back in your drinking days, because if you had seen it sober, you probably would have, would have made a huge impact. Well, it's a Quentin movie. Was was there any feet in the scene? Oh, did, you know what? This, did any this feet movie came... have lines? <laughs> this movie was before Quentin was comfortable enough to start full-on putting his pornography on the screen. Like in uh, in in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's like embarrassing. It's, I'm getting embarrassed, like watching this woman put her feet up on the dash for an, an exor like an insanely long amount of time. I'm by embarrassed, I mean well, embarrassed how horny I'm getting in a movie theater. <laughs> I'm 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 about to be like Fred Willard arrested in that place. I mean, Tim Roth in that scene in Reservoir Dogs, he is kicking around. That's true. 
there is a lot of feet in that scene. That's kind of like both a BDSM trope too. It's like the foot as pain inflictor, you know? The foot oh. as object of desire, but also as punishment. The foot right. as power. Yeah. Yes, yes. If you're into the BDSM kink lifestyle, like, say, Chuck Rhodes in our formerly beloved show Billions, if you might be into, say, laying down and having your mistress place her foot upon your body to hold you down, to say that you are lower than the lowest part of them. What, you guys don't look into this at all? (laughs) Wait, where are we? What is the show we watch? Lie to me. Lie to me. Lie to me. And this is a show about a guy whose mother committed suicide. And his mo- and because of this, this spurred him to study body language and something that I believe is fake called... Well, actually, maybe it's not. It's He spurred him to study body language and micro-expressions so that he could read people at a very deep level. And this character is based on a real-life guy named Dr. Ekman, who I believe did something similar. I've got huge problems with this show because this is just... This is a money grab in Hollywood. Like, House was huge, right? You're right. The Mentalist was, like, working... You know, like, how else can we just, you know, basically copy-paste the script but put something slightly different in it? And they choose micro-expressions. Like, how (laughs) do you possibly think you are going to create an interesting show season after season where somebody's just noticing twitching of the eyes? (laughs) It's just, it's never going to work. Jack, do you think if you were in an interview with um, Tim Roth and you became erect, that would be considered a (laughs) (laughs) micro-expression? Damn. Got him. (laughs) Boom, dude. Oh, take this! Take this! Take this guy to to Thanksgiving dinner because he's been thoroughly roasted. <laughs> oh my gosh! That was very good. Yeah, he. So Tim Roth, he like spots he spots lies, and I think it's interesting that shows like this frequently have like this and The Mentalist have characters that are not police officers, but work so closely with them and are and are often so much smarter than them that it's bizarre that they just did not make them cops. Right, why wouldn't you just, if you were Tim Roth, why wouldn't you just, like, become a a sports reporter and then be in the (laughs) locker rooms to see how teams are doing so that you could bet the over-under? That is a very interesting way of using a super, like, a super observational power like that, Jack. This is what you would do? Blackjack. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what I would do, but I, I don't think I would get involved in, like, petty crime. So you well, this is about a murder. But you would want to go into the locker room with a bunch of men to observe things, right? That's what you'd be interested in doing. <laughs> yeah, I guess. No, I would be a reporter for the WNBA. Oh. It's easier to tell when with women micro-expressions because they don't have them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no. I want. I, I. Do you guys think that you are good at sussing out when someone's lying to you? Oh. I just. I actually do think I'm a pretty good detector of BS. Really. I do. I feel like I do. I understand people well enough to know when somebody is full of shit. I have a confession. This isn't true because I'm 161 pounds. 
<laughs> and you've never, you've never known. I just told you I was overweight. <laughs> and you never wow. figured it out. My BS detector must not have been working. Damn it. I feel like I don't know if I am because I don't, I just don't think people lie to me ever because there's no real need to. Like, there's no shame in our culture anymore. You you can be whatever you want. You can sin as much as you want. You can be as broke as you want. You can be as rich as you want. You can be as evil as you want, as horny as you want, as celibate as you want. Like, you can do whatever you want. So there's no real reason for 27-year-old single men to lie to each other. You know what I mean? Like, what would we have to lie about? I mean, think, I think people lie in comedy all the time about, like, their, how well it's going to yeah but I always know when they're lying <laughs> yeah. I'm the best at seeing right through of like okay someone just shared like you know that they opened for like the, the most classic example now that we've become a comedy podcast this is for Uri specifically young comics talking comedy is I opened this next comic opened for Louis CK that, they wouldn't say that anymore that's not that's gauche now but that just means Louis did a guest spot when he was in their city on a bar show that they were on. You know what I mean? <laughs> Damn. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's a good point. Make- I, I I don't th- in real life I'm probably not as good as a BS detector when in in but in comedy it is pretty easy to notice that people are lying a lot. Maybe that's like we should pitch this show this new version of the show to Fox, a reboot of Lie to Me where three comics sit around on their phones, and when they see someone post uh, something bigging up themselves on social media, they s- spend about 40 minutes tearing them down and saying that they didn't actually do anything <laughs> that's, that's good, that actually that opportunity was given to them because they're a minority, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and actually that comic that they, that they work with is only hanging out with them because they have access to drugs. <laughs> I think that's a very good idea for a show. Or what about this? If I was in Fox and I wanted to reboot Lie to Me, I would reboot Lay on Me, and it would be oh. a a Gabby Carter vehicle oh. to get Gabby Carter to just lay on top of me, oh. and we talk and we take questions from a uh, from Reddit. What about? I think you could actually could get a network family friendly show called Lay on Me, where it, like it's a really dumb game show. Where random people lie down on you while you're blindfolded and you have to guess their weight. And then, like, it's a, <laughs> it's like a common gag for the person to try and trick them by, like, laying on their side. Or one guy famously, like, <laughs> hangs his legs off. You know what I mean? To get, to get the underestimate. And to make it higher stakes, like, if you guess the person's weight correct, you get to keep their house. You get the deed to their home. Whoa. Oh, Damn. dude! Now that Ellen's canceled again, we have a chance to probably pitch this to a, a, need, a needy network. Yeah, they're gonna need something to fill that spot. Ellen, the Ellen show was good for 19 years, but now it's 2021, going into 2022. It's time for the it's time for the body weight crushing game show to take its place. <laughs> Maybe we could have Ellen on as the first contestant to sort of hand the show off. 157. That's my guess for Ellen's weight. <laughs> There's no way, dude. 
Ellen is probably 125. No, no, no. She's small. How tall is she? She's thin. She's a vegetable. She's a, not a vegetable. She's a... Uh, yeah, dude, but she's got that fat fucking ass, bro. So I'm going to go 136. I guarantee you I'm, like, very close to correct. I get to keep Ellen's house now. That's the rule. <laughs> my my dream first contestant would be Terry Shibo. Oh. Nice. No, the dream is Taking to get Howie Mandel on it unknowingly. So that someone lies on top of him and he freaks out. He would flip. That's true. Dude. What if we yeah, get would be What if we get Howie Mandel and we get Bruce Bruce to lie on top of him? <laughs> Bruce Bruce on top of him, Terry Shivo under him. Oh, what a sandwich. He would have a panic attack. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> I remember in, like, I think it was seventh grade, this kid, Sean O'Connor, called me a shivotard. <laughs> and it's, it was, like, truly a hilarious thing to call It is, because yeah, it's so inappropriate, it's, it's so rude, but, like, it shows that he's up to current events. So we should kind of yes, get school absolutely. credit for it. Yeah, I know. Mm. It's very, it's, it's something that's so biting at the moment, but it ages a little poorly. I'm a little poorly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I've actually sort of had an experience before where I was, um, you know, a sort of like a human lie detector sort of situation where I was a human lie detector. Really? Like Dr. Lightman in the yeah. show? Yeah. I had been watching Tiger King on Netflix at the start of the pandemic. I noticed that Carol Baskin's eyes widened and her upper bottom lip... Oh quivered when someone had asked her if she had killed her husband (laughs) i had watched every episode of lie to me so i knew this meant she was guilty (laughs) i drove over to my wife's boyfriend's house to ask him to help take down carol baskins when i knocked on the door my wife answered with no clothing except for a tiger tail butt plug (laughs) i said hi honey and she growled and I asked her to run up and grab Doc Antle for me. Oh! Doc Antle came downstairs and made out with my wife with a lot of tongue in front of me. Oh, my God. Watching too much lie to me had some negative side effects, too. It had some negative effects, too, right? Because now I noticed his erection and her nipples perk up, which meant she had obviously gotten really happy in his presence and also turned on. I told Doc what I had noticed, and he said, Carol Baskins is a freak. Do not bother with her. So I asked if he knew anything about the murder of Carol's husband. His erection disappeared slightly, which tingled my senses. What did he know about that murder? I flew down to meet with Carol Baskins, under the impression that I had two lemurs that I was trying to sell. When I got to her office, I noticed she had just been participating in water sports because the ground was slick with vaginal fluids. Oh, my God. I asked her if she had killed her husband, and her facial expression gave nothing away. But but then, when I asked if Doc Antle murdered her husband, her eyes and pussy widened. Out from behind the taxidermy tiger... Doc Antle stepped out with a hunter rifle and said, that's enough, Sherlock. I asked why they had done it. Doc told me that Carol's husband was a bigot 
and not interested in an open relationship. <laughs> so they fed his ass to some piranhas. Nice. Unfortunately, Doc lost interest in Carol <laughs> once she was single. But now that she's married to a wimp cuck, he likes to he likes to go down and emasculate him by banging Carol in the tiger pits. Doc then crossed the line and said, just like I do to you. I grabbed the musket from his hand oh. and placed the butt end on the ground and my chin over the muzzle. Oh, no. Using my big toe, I pushed the trigger I pushed the trigger down and ended my cuck life. Oh. Oh my setting my wife free from Doc Antle. Oh, my gosh. That's a very, yeah. uh, that story took kind of a dark turn at the end. Well, you know, I, I, I knew there was only one way to make sure that Doc was no longer interested in my wife, and that was to execute myself. My was, story also took a dark turn. But wait, was it sexually gratifying to end your own life in front of a more powerful man? Um, it's hard to say, but it's, uh, you know, the, the, when uh, Tony Shalhoub came to the crime scene, he did notice cum in the blood. <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> I'm sorry. I know Zach is so disturbed by that, but I knew John Paul would appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, Zach was my my story time. also took a dark turn. It seems like investigating crimes just often does. I wasn't a human lie detector. I was an emotional investigator for the IRS. Ever underfunded, the IRS didn't have enough money to conduct proper investigations using numbers and data. Instead, they employed what they referred to as compassionate confession people. Inspired by the work of behavioral therapist Jack Berkowitz, Compassionate confessioners relied on integrity and an individual's openness to share secrets with loved ones around a dinner table. <laughs> I would go to the houses of suspected tax evaders and employ the traditional Jack Berkowitz method. Always show up with one hand longer than the other. Armed with a muscle tee that said skin is in, a 12 rack of polar seltzer, in a lukewarm shepherd's pie, I would knock and ask the tax evaders if I could stay for dinner. They would be a little put off, but they would agree. I would start the conversation off light by asking my new strange acquaintances their favorite sex moves. Then, after we all shared a lot of strategy at the dinner table, I would grill them on tax evasion. I would say, come on, be honest. Did you cheat on your taxes? Come on, be compassionate. <laughs> I was investigating the DeGeneres Rossi family. Portia Rossi was suspected of underreporting her Bitcoin trading activities. When she broke down in tears that she lied on her taxes, Ellen, known for her temper, exploded. Ellen started screaming and threw the shepherd's pie down the garbage disposal. This began a massive clog in the sink. Ellen didn't know how to use a garbage disposal. She always beat her maids into submission so that they would clean the plates for her. The clog overwhelmed and eventually flooded, flooded the kitchen. As water began racing higher and higher, Ellen started maniacally laughing. She started screaming, let's dance, let's dance, dance with Ellen. Dancing with Ellen will solve this. As I tried to acquiesce and hit a Charleston in the flooding kitchen, I slipped and fell. As I looked above me, Ellen had her foot on my chest. I could not get oh. up. And I drowned in 13 inches of water in Ellen DeGeneres' kitchen. Oh. <laughs> Did you happen to get an idea of how much she weighed when she was drowning you? It definitely felt like 157. I'm standing by that. 
Damn, that's crazy. Because I also was, uh, I also had an experience investigating a big lie, like Dr. Lightman in the show. I worked at Howard University as a professor of biomechanics and microexpressions. I loved teaching young folks and new generations about how you could use these subtle tells to spot when someone was being untruthful. I loved my job and my personal life was going through turmoil. My black wife Janet and my Chinese husband Liwei were eager to renew our vows, and with the vow renewal, they expected me to buy them both expensive diamond rings to supplement the diamond rings I had bought them when we had gotten engaged 10 years earlier. This was a huge problem, as I had no intention of spending the money to buy them both brand new diamond rings when their previous diamond rings were still totally fine. I felt that I had better things to spend my money on. Namely, I had gotten in very into playing the Fortnite mobile game on my phone, and had gotten into a habit of spending thousands of dollars a month on things like skins and dances for my little guy to do before I would get gunned down by teenagers and lose the match. Being forced to get my wife and husband new diamond rings would greatly cut into my Fortnite budget, so I decided to go ahead and sit them down and expose, the, and expose to them the grand lie the diamond industry had been perpetrating on couples, truple, on couples, thruples, triads, and polyfolks for years. I told them about the formation of the De Beers Consolidated Mines Limited Corporation in 1888, when uh, De Beers and several others consolidated their organizations to control roughly 80% of the diamond trade. And then I told them about how in the 1930s, an advertising company called NWIR maximized the, uh, the, the diamond industry's profits by creating the famous slogan, A Diamond is Forever, which was created by uh, Francis Garrity. I told them that the diamond industry was ruthless, irresponsible, unethical, and that I would not be buying them diamonds, and that instead I would be spending the diamond money on a cool string dance in Fortnite Mobile. <laughs> Leeway and Leeway and Janet decided that if I was not going to gift them new diamond rings, that I would not be part of the thruple until I was willing to purchase it. And so now they have sex upstairs while I'm forced to slide, to sleep downstairs on the couch playing Fortnite Mobile before I go into work very tired to teach the young black students at Howard University. <laughs> Damn. John Paul, I assume this has been pulled from real life, right? Well, of course it has. Yeah. But have you got, are you serious about getting into Fortnite mobile? Uh, it is somewhat true. I have gotten into PUBG mobile, but my phone cannot run Fortnite mobile. It doesn't have enough memory. Damn. Wow. Rest in peace, John Paul. I'm sorry you can't play Fortnite. That sounds like kind of sad. <laughs> well, speaking of phone apps, in this episode of Lie to Me, the final episode, Dr. Lightman has to solve a murder. A young, a young tech billionaire, and uh, a young tech billionaire, the inventor of some kind of strange like dating app. Tinder. Is, it's basically a Tinder early commentary on Tinder. Yeah, it's like it's this young. He creates this young dating app, and his colleague ends up dead. And him and the other co-creator are the main, are the prime suspects in the murder. Yeah, and I think it's supposed to be like Mark Zuckerberg, basically. That's what it seems like, and there's. T there are like eight scenes of Tim Roth 
strolling into this guy's office to harass him, <laughs> which, like, <laughs> if, it's, if the app is really that successful, get a security guy at the front door. <laughs> In most of Tim Roth's harassing is just calling the guy an incel. It's kind of, like, wicked rude. He's like, dude, you invented a dating app? Why don't you meet a woman in real life, you freak? <laughs> That's like Tim Roth walking into the creator of like Seamless, which I would support, and being like, "You dumb idiot! Why don't you just walk and get takeout? Who needs delivery? You lazy bum!" That's true, Zach. You are an avowed hater of the delivery of the delivery app industry. It blows my mind that people eat fast food as much as they do. I say this as someone who works at a fast food restaurant and sees the same people every single day, but it still blows my mind that people eat it every day. Uh, if I go in there every day to get a cake pop, are you going to judge me? No, I don't judge. The best part is, I was just talking about this with someone today. We, If you come every day, we know who you are. And most people know this and are like friendly and you develop a rapport and you know their names and stuff. But some people, when you say their name, they're like shocked. Like, how could you know who I am? Uh, I don't know. I've seen you the last 200 days. <laughs> You're here every day. Did you think people didn't notice? Zach, is your That's is your Starbucks good. open for people to sit around on the Wi-Fi and look at pornography? No, yet? thank God. Thank God it's not. <laughs> well, I hope that I hope I hope that situate city council votes on that soon. So I can come down there and so I can come down there and download Gabby Carter videos on your Wi-Fi. They, they'd already have the purple links on them. <laughs> I just got that. That's hilarious. Dr. Lightman has a very, uh, he has a very intimate relationship with the detective on this case. They clearly have had something going on in the past as he's like very sexually forward with her. Way too much. This show sucks, asshole. <laughs> Uh, it's so corny, and it's like he Tim Roth is a good actor, but he's so unbelievable in this show. Like you just as a like, sexy lead, this is so you just don't believe it at all. You're like, this is not real. You are not. This is corny as fuck. I have. I I, I felt totally uninterested, and I thought the story was lame. I thought Tim Roth was lame as fuck, and. Just it was bad, and I like in 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 uh, in house. It's like this guy. You could expect this guy to be arrogant, right? He's like this great doctor, right? And he's done all these like surgeries. It's like there's something behind it. But like the, a man who studies facial expressions, you would never be like, "Wow, he does." This guy totally gets away with being so cocky. <laughs> Yeah. What a cool dude. No, you're right yeah. because if yeah. you're studying facial expressions, you would think that you're you're an expert in emotional intelligence. You can tell what people mean. So then why are you a huge jerk? You know what I mean? You show no emotional <laughs> intelligence by being this egomaniac. I have uh I have one other criticism or thing I'd like to point out about Tim Roth as Dr. Lightman. His head is gigantic. I don't know if he's taking HGH or something, <laughs> but his head is huge. His head is so much bigger than like, than like that detective girl. It's crazy. It looks like they're not yeah. the same species. Well, they Tim Roth was not the first person that they had chosen for the the show Lie to Me. They were going to go with uh, with uh, Peyton Manning's wife originally. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work out. 
That is sick, dude. Peyton Manning's wife is a dirty. Che- she's such an HGH addicted piece of crap that she, go, you know, she has to know it's gonna look bad for Peyton when she orders HGH sent to her house. But she does she was it anyway. So addicted, she couldn't stop. <laughs> yeah, hopefully he left her ass. He probably did because know. he was intimidated by how much he was benching. <laughs> Oh my gosh, boys! I recording in the car is not bad, except for that the sun is right on top of my windshield right now. <laughs> oh, it's, it is! I am sweating buckets. Oh, welcome to my world, Jack. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. You, you get one of those reflector things. Oh, you crack yeah. a couple windows, and you just spritz yourself with cool water until 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 about <laughs> six p.m. And the, well, actually, it's it should be it should be late enough that it's not that bad. Until it, you do that until the summer ends. Yeah, you just do that until the <laughs> until the summer ends, and then you start prepping yourself to to live in a freezer. <laughs> it goes from one extreme right over to the other. Doctor <laughs> Tim Roth, Doctor Lightman, he's a he's a facial expression expert, and he <clears throat> he sort of strolls around. He makes the cops look like idiots. He has sex with them. And uh, in this episode, he decides he's going to hire this young black upstart. A guy who, this is the only other guy on the show, Key, who's shown to be like at, at Tim Roth's like level of intelligence. Because Key is, Key is not, Key is like as hip as, as, uh, as Dr. Lightman. And he has him follow his daughter's boyfriend because he doesn't trust his daughter's boyfriend. There is a very over-the-top scene where Dr. Lightman comes home to his daughter and her boyfriend, and his boyfriend is stretching his daughter out. And not in, like, some gross porn sense. I hated in, like, this scene. <laughs> but in it's the so sense, clear what they're trying to do, and it's such a miss. Oh, you think so? I was ah, getting such a on. miss. I mean, it's so over-the-top. The girl, Dr. Roth, walks into the house, and all he can hear is, Ugh! <laughs> I was hoping you were doing impression. Yeah, yeah. She, he's like, it's like so insane. And then he finally finds her, and that's for like two minutes. It felt like two minutes of those. <laughs> no, days. yeah, you're not being and wrong. He, and then he walks over, and she's just like working out his ha- her hamstrings with her hot boyfriend. And then, then, Doctor Whiteman makes like some quirky remarks. A little odd, and then she goes back to it basically. Even She's more like, over the top. It's crazy. Uh, and then uh, her dad says, "Oh, you back off. I'll stretch you her out." And then he's like, "You're doing it wrong. It's awful." They should have been embarrassed dude, about the de- scene. It it felt like the front page of Pornhub nowadays. You know. <laughs> Zach, I liked your uh, I liked your. Mm-hmm. It sounded mm. very like. <laughs> It sounded like very southern woman judgmental. Dude, I've been doing that mm-hmm a lot. I, there's certain things I do a lot that I just like start doing. I've been merging like 16 different accents at work. I, I have a crazy Boston accent. Then I call everyone my friend. And sometimes if, if like I'll just go, someone asks me, mm-hmm, anything else? Mm. <laughs> like it's going to be a long list. So I'll hit him with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you I sound like you're... <laughs> 
You sound like you're auditioning for to be the next member of Diamond and Silk. <laughs> you know the two black women who support Trump? No. <laughs> yes, yes, hilarious. I just, there's something about the mm-hmm that I like. It's, it's forceful. Because you know what it is? Is it's with the mask. It's difficult to hear. So it's actually, it's like, it's a functional thing. Like, you can't really hear people behind the mask. So I can't go, mm-hmm. I have to go, mm-hmm, so that you can hear it. It's a volume but issue. Do you have to raise that index finger and shake your head from side to side when you do it? Is that necessary? <laughs> That's pretty good. Do you guys think Zach, you can sneak you been... a lie past Doctor? Do you guys think you're good liars? No, I'm not interested in lying. I just, if you need to know the truth, I'll just tell you the truth. I don't want to hide yeah, anything it... from anyone. It's too much work. It's very nerve-wracking. I've been a liar in my life, and it's not good. Mm. And so, to be honest, Jean-Paul, as, as you um, approach two sober men, it's actually, sobriety is based in... Um, un, what, what's the wording? Radical that? honesty, rigorous honesty. Rigorous honesty. Huh. You have to be able to commit rigorous honesty to stay sober. And so we're, we wouldn't even attempt to pull one over on Tim Roth. Hmm. You know, he, if, if we were at a party with Tim Roth right now and he was like, oh, hey, guys, I'm Tim Roth. Do you, have you ever seen any of my shows or movies? What do you think of them? We would have to say we've seen Lie to Me and it sucks ass. <laughs> <laughs> that's part of being a sober guy. Part of being sober yeah, is insulting people about their life's work. <laughs> I think it would be interesting if we could have like some kind of lying competition. Maybe we'll, maybe we, once the pandemic is over and everyone's back together, we can make that happen. Yeah, why don't we play two truths and a lie, but you don't have to include a lie. So, um, just, you have to, so two truths? So everybody share? Three truths. <laughs> no, no, I'm trying to think. Like three, two truths and a lie, but it's possible that all three are truths. Mm, interesting. And then it's like if mm. you can decide if any of those were a lie. Aren't you guys not allowed to even do a lie, though? Because then you have to go start going to 100 meetings in 100 days. <laughs> yeah. So that game is actually out of control for us. It's 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 banned. It's the thirteenth step, the banned, the banned game. <laughs> AA says if you have to choose between drinking or lying, always take the drink. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of uh, speaking of games, speaking of AA, why don't we do a meme minute for why don't we do a meme minute for lie to me? Okay. I think that's a good yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got one. I've got one right right off the top. All right, badass bugs. All right, in his in his black suit, flintlock pistol, and it's and what is it? What does badass bugs say? It says, "Lord forgive me, but it's time to go back to stretching my daughter's hamstrings." <laughs> I got a, one in a similar vein. Me after stretching my daughter's hamstrings. It ain't much, but it's honest work. Oh, oh, oh. oh chubby farmer that's a good that one that is a good one all right uh, juicy okay hands. Juicy i, I hands. got one juicy hands juicy hands <laughs> me me getting revved up thinking about stretching daughter's hamstrings <laughs> all right that's fucked up <laughs> oh let's uh, see here 
Um, um, what do we think here? Um, okay, okay. Let's think. Uh, Quentin Tarantino. Oh, okay, I got you. I got you. AOC and the SUV. AOC and the SUV. Nice. Rock driving. Hey, AOC. So excited you're coming with me to the movies to watch Tim Roth and Reservoir Dogs. AOC. Oh, I'm very excited. I love uh, the Air Bud movies. <laughs> nice, dude. <laughs> what a fucking moron. I got, I got one. I got one. AOC in the SUV after the the insurgents on Capitol Hill. Okay. Tim Roth driving. Harvey Keitel driving. Oh. Harvey Keitel driving. <laughs> I'm fucking dying. I'm fucking dying. <laughs> oh, that's sick, dude. That's sick. Also, Gus, you sitting in the back seat with her. Birdie. Yes! <laughs> Birdie in his mitten. Birdie with the mitten sitting right beside dude, I him. Actually, I could actually see that as like a right wing meme, making fun of AOC, calling it an overreaction. Oh you know, yeah, like yeah. The three panels: Harvey Keitel, then AOC's head on Tim Ross <laughs> with the blood all over the body, going, "I'm fucking dying." It, it, <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty. Lisa making a point. Lisa making a point. Uh, we need to get rid of. We need to. We need to. Get rid of mask mandates because they make Dr. Lightman's job harder. Ooh. That's pretty good. Yeah. Lisa, I mean, Bobby Hill wearing a mask <laughs> with the sign that says, if they could, if they could read my facial expressions, they'd be upset right now. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's pretty, pretty good. good. So here's what it is. So the meme is Bobby Hill outside the window holding up a sign with a mask on and inside the classroom it's just nothing but tim roth lightman's inside yes <laughs> and the guy says if he could read your facial expressions he'd be very upset oh yes yes what about this woke oh broke lie to me woke Lay on me, the fox hit. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good meme. Yeah, that's, that's a, a good, good meme. meme. Doctor, yeah, let's do it. Well, before that, I just want to mention how the show ends. It's the last episode. Doctor Lightman and his team—they figure out who killed him. It was the billionaire, the billionaire guy, the inventor of the app. He did kill her, and the motivation was that she didn't want to. She didn't like love him. And that's why he did it. And in the Stupid. and in the end, he has him sent to jail. And then somehow, Doctor Lightman is able to influence the judge to get him sent to a mental institution, where he mm -hmm. says that his psychologist friend is going to give him drugs <laughs> <laughs> to thank you, to, Sparkle. <laughs> Diamond, silk, and sparkle. That would be sick. His psychologist friend is going to lobotomize him with drugs. And you know what? This is an episode where it looked like they didn't know they were going to cancel because there's no there's no big hurrah at the end. It just a, no. just seems like a regular episode, and it's they over. They definitely didn't know they were getting canceled. They were setting up that plot of Michael B. Jordan like being his team member yes. and teaching to Michael B. Jordan how to be, which I actually think would have been a better show. Yeah, I agree. And I, it must have been sort of disheartening for Michael B. Jordan 
to get cast on a Fox, you know, broadcast drama series and then have it get have it get canceled after one episode. You know, it could have yeah, it could have gotta... pushed him to end his acting career and maybe, you know, get into political commentary. He could have been with Diamond and Silk. He could have taken Zach's spot before him. <laughs> and instead, you know, he, unfortunately for him, his career never worked out. It, it really fit. After Lie to Me, it was all over after that. <laughs> That's funny. Do you guys want to do a role play? Let's, let's do a Deepak Chopra role. Okay. Something, <laughs> something that we liked about the show. My Deepak Chopra moment would be just seeing Tim Roth because then I think of that awesome scene. Oh, okay. From Reservoir Dogs, which is a great movie. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. My Deepak Chopra moment was um, was this show taking me back to the early days of smartphone technology. So Tim Roth has a smartphone in the show, but it's like very early. It looks very bulky and sort of outmoded. And I, it just takes me back to the early 2000s when smartphones were not very ubiquitous and back then you didn't have an issue where you tried to download Fortnite mobile but then it said your phone couldn't handle it so you're stuck <laughs> not being able to play it my not Deepak Chopra moment but something I observed about the show that I want to leave up value neutral my this is my Deepak Chopra moment if I were an MRA men's rights activist I okay. thought that this was an interesting show for men's rights because it drew a line at where men's rights go awry with incels in the founder who murdered someone. But it showed that men's rights have a place because Tim Roth, single father, sole custody, has a strong relationship with his daughter. <laughs> too, too strong, possibly. No, no, I thought it was appropriate. <laughs> and given Tim Roth's history, not an appropriate joke. Wait, what happened with Tim Roth? Tim Roth was molested by his paternal grandfather, who also molested his father. Whoa! Oh. Damn, I wish you, Zach, you would lie to me and not mention this. Yeah. <laughs> Rigorous honesty. Are you, sure? Are you sure that the grandfather wasn't just blasting his hamstrings? I don't know. If it, you know, you have to ask Tim. Maybe this scene made him reconsider. <laughs> Let's do a role play. Let's do a role play. All right. I want to. Be, I'll be Tim Roth's grandfather. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. No. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'll be. I'll be Doctor Lightman. Tim Roth. I will be Michael B. Jordan. Ooh, I'll be. Um, I'll be the girl that died. Okay. Are you okay? I will figure that out. That sounds good. All right, hey Michael B. Jordan, take off that mask. I can't see your face if you've got the mask on. Oh, oh, I'm wearing one of those masks that looks like you're not wearing a mask. Yeah, but you're wearing a mask, ain't you? Yeah, you're I know, but it's mask. like a good prank. Yeah, it's a prank on me. I need to see your face so I can tell all your emotions going on inside no, you, that you little noggin you can see my yours. face. This is a printed out picture of my face. Yeah. Well, I can only see the emotion then that you had when you had the mask on and you look pensive. And I don't know if you're really pensive. So you're saying you need to see the change in my facial muscles to get a good sense of the truth. So you're saying change is good. So you're saying you, an old white man, should retire and give me your job. Kind of like what so Stephen you Colbert think, should do. Oh, and you, th you think you could carry a show like Lloyd to me. You think you're that kind of a star. Dude, I'm in a multi-franchise <laughs> movies. You're from Reservoir Dogs. 
Your co-star is a foot. <laughs> oh, what's that? You hear that? It's me, the ghost of white guys past. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, the ghost of white guys past. Are you going to show me the future of the white man in entertainment? It's very bleak <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, this is terrible. Michael B. Jordan, please save me from the ghost of what's to come. No. You earned this future, Tim. You, Tim Roth, get over here. No, I don't like this. I don't, I don't like what's going on. Someone's going right, to help Tim, me. Tim, I don't like the possibilities that this has to go, so I will save you. Ghost, you're dead. <laughs> he shot the ghost. Oh, no. Listen. I, oh, no, I'm, I'm dying. I have a few... A few things I don't want to get off my chest. No, don't say anything crazy. <laughs> wait, wait, I just want no, to No, I'm going to get the vacuum out. I need to do some cleaning <laughs> to drown out this out. They should have never gone to Ricky Lake. I love that show. <laughs> I've died again. Oh, that's, thank you, Michael B. Jordan. You saved me. Do you want to have sex now? That's all I've ever wanted from you, Tim. <laughs> Why don't you stretch these hammies out, baby? I give it a 0.0. .0. One of the worst wow. of all time. Do you think it was that? This show is basically, this was, you know what I forgot to put in the category of the show? Numbers. Numbers is also like this show. I'll tell you why I give it a 0.0. .0. The skeletal structure is underwhelming, and the, the, the actual meat of this is already extremely dated and completely uninteresting. It's very of its time. It didn't age well, except for Michael B. Jordan. All right. I give it a I give it a six. I think it's like uh, it's perfectly average. I didn't think it. I it was nice. It was kind of cool seeing a young Michael B. Jordan and an old Tim Roth, a, a real pass the torch moment. Jack, what do you give the show? I give the show a four. I think it's exactly that, very below average and um, uninteresting. Well, thank you so much for listening. We truly appreciate everybody who listens. Continue to listen. We love you. Good night, America. Good night, America. Mm-hmm.